Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Churros y Tacticas podcast. This is Monday. <laughs> Diego shaking his head because the intro sucked, but it, it sucked intentionally. I told you, man, I told you so many times we can't roll the art every single podcast on the intro because then when but something really, really big goes down, then we, then we, the standards are too high. My lung capacity for rolling ours is only so much. I need to save it for like when Real Madrid wins the Clasico or something really bad happens at Barcelona. Um, I, I rolled the RS off longer louder than you when Messi left on the last podcast where we discussed Messi for you know an hour and a half yeah well that's because we all know how you really feel about Messi deep down <laughs> don't say that that's not true let me go there uh should have probably sorted this out before we hit record but your gain is a little bit louder I don't know if you can turn that down a little bit but it's uh or, or a little bit further away from the microphone um so today actually feels a little bit I don't know if normal is the word. There's some normalcy to it because it's Monday. It feels like 2018 because there was fans in the stadium and we're just on a regular Monday talking about the happenings of La Liga, you know, over the past weekend or so. Um, And, you know, we were trying to figure out who does the intro. Technically speaking, Real Madrid are higher in the standings because of goal difference and they're first in the league. So um, I I suppose I took it. And and also uh, Laporta, Laporta's press conference today, which I didn't even know about until I woke up. And obviously because of the time difference, uh, <laughs> it was already done. Basically, by the time I woke up, I think I checked Twitter. I read all of it. I was like, man, this is some crazy stuff. Um, so Laporta took a machine gun to Bartomeo's soul, whatever was left of it, and was like, this is all your fault. This is reason number one, two, three, four, five, six, and all the way to 100. Why you sucked and the previous regime sucked. And now we have to dig ourselves a hole. But don't worry, because we are the supermen here. And we are going to lift ourselves out of this financial mess, even if it's a long-term strategy. But I guess that's another reason for me to do the intro. So, uh, Diego, happy Monday. Happy Monday, my friend. Uh, It is Monday. And uh, it's still full-on summer here. Temperatures are scorchingly hot. Um, a lot happening over in La Liga, of course. I'm very happy for La Liga to have started once again. Uh, it is just one game in, but it does give you that sense of normal normalcy. Mm, despite the fact that, like I said, we're still in summer. So it still feels sort of like, you know, vacation summer mode, sort of the end of the preseason. Now, obviously, La Liga has started, but kids are still on holiday Work is still, you know, it, it's very busy. Uh, work is very busy. But here we are, my friend. We're sticking uh, to our usual schedule Monday with the churros for everybody to listen in. Hope everybody's doing good, staying healthy, staying happy, and enjoying the football that has been back on. Um, do you, Should we start with La Porta Press Conference? I know because this is not patron edition. Maybe you can't go all in on this subject. <laughs> Um, but because it's about the previous regime and stuff, mostly, we can talk about it a little bit. I mean, uh, I I got to tell you by the time, and I didn't watch it, but I, I read every single thing he said. 
I, including the part at the end where he answers questions. I even read all those answers. And I came away with it thinking like, I think I would trust this guy to bring this club out of this mess. And that's my honest feeling. Uh, you know, obviously I have no dog in this fight. I don't care if Laporta succeeds or not. I have no, I really don't care at all. But um, I felt like all of his points made sense. I really feel like Bartomeu has no business writing the letter he did. I don't even know where he wrote it from. I honestly thought he was in jail somewhere. Maybe he, he can, he sent the memo out. Maybe he has some good Wi-Fi in his prison cell. Maybe he is at home. I don't know. I honestly thought he was in jail. That's what, um, that's what I think of the job he's done. But I, I after going through all of that. Bartomeu is definitely not in prison. I'll tell you that. He's not in right. jail. He's is he having dancing. a churro downstairs? Yes, he's out dancing. Uh, he was reported, I think it was today or yesterday, dancing uh, beachside with a mysterious woman. Uh, and if you want to call it dancing, it was exact. Imagine Bartomeu dancing. Was it like the imagine shaking Bartomeu the hips? Dancing. Shaking the hips? Yes, yes. It was complete like, you know, uh, soccer dad dance. It was awful. Um, At least we and- have something in common. A few days ago, he was he was yeah, he was uh, seen having lunch with uh, Santi Noya, who's of course the head. Um, don't know his exact role or his position, but he's the head, the director of Mundo Deportivo, and he was seen having lunch with him. So, um, you know, we can sit here and talk about Bartomeu all day. Uh, we've done plenty of that in the past. We can sit here and talk about you know, and what he will potentially do um it's in the beginning of his uh now you know his is his, <clears throat> you, you call it regime uh, i want to find a different word for that because i keep i feel like we still keep falling back to that word and it's not the adequate one to re- his reign or his reign is also sounds so grando grandocious uh grandiose i mean um his mandate right a president fulfills his mandate is is his time his years whatever it is Jump in here at any time, Keanu. You're, you're being very quiet. Um, I like to see I don't, struggle through the, the words. Um, you could call it, I, I don't know what you could call it, but um, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. I mean, uh, one of the things what, that you and I... It wasn't great. Just uh, Bartomeu's whole stint. Um, and oh, I, it was, that's an understatement, yes. Yeah, and, and I mean, one of the things that Laporta said today, and that's something that you and I have talked about, like how the Neymar money was used. And, you know, obviously there were other things right. that Neymar was brought up in, in a couple of different ways. One, because of the legal issues and um, the the 16 million or whatever it was that Bartomeu claimed that they forgave Neymar for and all that stuff. But one of the things that Laporta said was like the way the Neymar money was used. It's like you have 222 million and just mm-hmm. overnight, you just, you just basically threw it yeah. into... Uh, a fire pit <laughs> and just set yes. it ablaze in one night. Um, Correct. So that was just one of the things. I mean, and that can be chalked up to incompetence. Like, okay, you made a mistake with a lot of money, but if it was just that, maybe it, it could be looked, it could be overlooked to some, to some degree, but it's like when you go into a role from start to finish and just, lay waste and make every single incorrect decision you can possibly make. I'm not like a conspiracy theorist, but like I wouldn't be shocked if like 10 years from now, a book is released or a documentary is released. And it's like someone leaks that Florentino just hired Bartomeo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, he's like, he's like Bartomeo's like this, like 20 year old kid, <coughs> like super. He's like, intelligent enough but also very naive and florentino was like from this day forth we're going to train you okay no one is you're going to go under the radar you're going to pretend you're a kool-aid for the next few decades you're going to take these degrees and then trojan horse yeah the trojan horse that's a good word so uh well listen let's let's get serious here for a second Keanu. sorry to burst i was actually serious but okay Uh, um you didn't like my story you didn't like my uh, conspiracy it's too hot right now to, to to talk about more conspiracy theories. We have enough, you know. There's the Barça Gate conspiracy. 
Um, there's, I mean, if we really want to get into the Bartomeu discussion, which I thought I wasn't prepared for, honestly, I didn't know we were going to sit now and talk about the mandate of Bartomeu and the money that he spent so badly. I think we've beaten that one uh, across the head too many times, and, and everybody is well aware of it. And for Laporta to have to even come out and defend himself or defend the numbers, rather. Uh, look, in all honesty, I'll be honest, man. <clears throat> there were some things that I was curious about. I was curious about the 200 and some 20 million, I think it was, that companies and investment funds were willing to pay for Barca Corporate, which is, of course, the entity that owns the Barca licensing, Barca Studios, um, merchandising, and, and uh, what else is it? Whatever the fourth was, the thing that Bartomeu or Laporta rather pointed out was it wasn't a guarantee that Barca were going to get the 20 plus million for that because in and of itself, it's a deal that is complicated seeing as the, 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 the inertia, cohesion between these four entities are very different and how they create revenue and how their business models are completely different. So this was, wasn't like, okay, it's an assured thing that we were going to get that money for it. Um, then there was obviously the, the the Super League thing, which is also a hypothetical scenario where Barca would have in, 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 ingresado, like uh, um, in, um, uh, would have received some income through that means, or even the league for that matter. Uh, the $270 million for the uh, that was all uh, a supposed hypothetical scenario. You know, the, these are not uh, for Bartomeu to bring up some of these points. Was they, they were just very weak. There were some points where I thought, okay, what happened with Barca corporate deal? And there was another one. And I, uh, um, what was the other one? Uh, ah, there was the Neymar case, the 16 million for the Neymar case, which that just sounded really weird. And, and you know, Bar uh, Laporta's explanation, uh, you know, is, is a believable one in the sense that, you know, it, it, it was just a lie. It was made up of thin air and they only told one side of the coin, one side of the story. Um, anyway, you know, it's uh, uh, <laughs> where like, you know. Do, do I think that in the grand scheme of things, do I think Laporta has the ability to re reverse the situation around? Uh, yes. Right now, what he announced today was again the announcement of the uh, you know the five hundred million or so um, that will be coming in to restructure the debt, uh, which is obviously money that we need, and um, you know give him give him some time. Uh, Give him some time. There's there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of con. You know, like he said, this money went just flying away uh, into salaries, into bad transfers, and now there's work to be done in order to, uh, you know, restore this situation and um, yeah. see how how uh, where where Barca can get the money back from. Obviously, a lot has to do with the museum. A lot has to do with the Camno. A lot has to do with the store, the, the physical stores. A lot of these things are massive uh, revenue streams for Barca. And, and, and um, you know, once things get back to normality, some sort of normality, it'll probably be a lot easier to conduct business and to go and make plans accordingly, strategic plans, and and then, and, 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 you know, all of those things. Um, yeah, uh, and, and that's what a lot of cl clubs are banking on, right? Just going back to normal right. to, so that they can receive the revenues and, and get the stadiums full. Uh, you could you could afford to sit a little bit farther away from the mic still, by the way. There were there were times where, right. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can tell that both of us would rather just talk about football. I will say, like, just before we move on to it, that um, you mentioned the 500 million that they've, they've taken out for the loan. Um, there were a couple of things I think worth also just talking about on this podcast really quickly. One is that when he first came into the club, they had to take an 80 million loan immediately just to pay this pay, just to get payroll. Um, right. And then he mentioned that they had to invest almost 2 million into the stadium because there were safety issues. And because the they did Barca, that, yeah, yeah the, because the, they did excuse that. Excuse me, not Spy Barca, but the, the come now, yes. Right. And because they did that, they were able to get fans in the stadium on open weekend. He said that. Uh, there was something else interesting that he said. Yeah, there, there was the, the study, Johan Kreif, which was supposed to have cost $2 million and then ended up costing $15 million. Mm. Uh, that yeah. was the that was that was that one jumped out. That's a you know that was an eyebrow raiser to say the least. Yeah, stadium that was estimated two million euros ended up being fifteen million. <laughs> it's like what? 
there was a, uh, I'm also not clear on this part, although I, from what I understand, so the whole salary cut thing, PK was, I mean, lauded as the hero of the weekend, right? Because of yep. the salary cut. Um, yeah. And then there were. I have something to say about that. Okay, great. The, the discussion on that um, was that, okay, Alba and Busquets, like these guys are the captains. Why aren't they stepping up to the plate? And you know how I feel about, you know, players taking salary cuts. They shouldn't have to. But, um, but as from what I understand, like, and I think PK kind of confirmed this on the Twitch stream, but I'm not entirely clear on that, that the, the other captains will follow suit. But it's not, is it a pay cut or is it just that they're going to get, get it paid later? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't think those details are public. If they are, there will just be rumors, I would imagine. Nothing has been confirmed. Otherwise, we would know or I would know. Um, but so whether it's, uh, you know, two years and five or if it's, you know, cut your salary from 60 to 30, um, just throwing out numbers here, but you get the, you get my drift. I don't know the details of that. Um, what I will say is that you know, what Piquet did, did is, I think, a great gesture. He's a man of the club, as Joan Laporta put it. And what I also think is that he's playing his cards very wisely. I'm not saying that this gesture isn't fully meant and heartfelt and in the good of the club. But we know, or at least we think we know, what Piquet's intentions are post-football career. And he has you know, dabbled in, uh, dabbled in many businesses still today from the Davis cup to the e-football pro and, and then some, <clears throat> but on his bucket list is also becoming president of football Barcelona. Uh, call me maliciously thinking, uh, a, a bad, uh, or, you know, a scheme or whatever. But I think that PK with this is also thinking, you know, right now this is okay. I'm going to earn a bit less, he, he, this is not a guy that lives pay to paycheck to paycheck. In fact, he never has. He comes from a very wealthy family, uh, the Bernabeu family. Um, is uh, and the Piquet family is are, are very uh, yeah. They come. They were. They're. they're oh, that's old money. Let's say. Uh, I think this is a good move for him. That aside, I just think that that is a good move for him. From when come Piquet president election time you can say look even my time as a player i was there you guys know my commitment to this club i took a goddamn pay cut if he wasn't ready you know gonna win the presidency when is when the next time that he will uh, present himself uh which whoever will go against him will have a very tough battle if not a battle lost i think that seriously works in his favor as it should as he should you know he should use it so again i'm not th saying that this is purely strategic and then a pr move or a marketing move for later later years down the line i was just thinking on the way home thinking well this could be a good move for him also politically and why not um with regards to the other captains look again i'll take laporta and president laporta's word for it says negotiations no, negotiations are going well with the other captains and they will soon follow suit. Mm, seems to be something going on with Jordi Alba, but, you know, Jordi, and President Laporta, as he said, he said, uh, I'm sure that he will be seeing what, you know, the rest of the captains and he will also soon, we will also soon reach an agreement. So I guess he's maybe the one that is being the toughest or the, you know, the one that is the least willing or whatever it is not accusing anyone just reporting yeah well it's a great it's a great theory um i'm glad you you brought up brought one one theory to the table as well to to balance mine and you know let's see the, the five-year outlook of barcelona seems pretty interesting i mean uh i don't think given your current generation that it's good in terms of the youth it's not terrible right now to just be focused on the youth and then it's like let's say in five years if if you guys can go back to the normalcy of the financial um, you're just going back to the financial norms and being able to be, have, have, health, have healthy debt and be in a good situation. Um, this is a, as Laporta reiterated many times, this is a, um, a, a temporary bad financial situation. Um, so this weekend in La Liga, 
we have um, five teams tied on first place uh, on three points. Valencia, Atletico, Barcelona, Sevilla, Real Madrid were the five teams who won their games. Uh, and then we had a bunch of draws. So um, I'd say this was an encouraging start for the top three in terms of like what we saw. Um, Atletico, I, I think you got good performances from some people and then maybe not so good performances from others. We'll, we'll, we can get into that. Sevilla looked good. Um, Valencia Catafe was a gong show, which they, which they won. And Real Madrid and Barcelona um, in this, these transition years that they're going through, both came away with pretty impressive victories. Barcelona, until Real Sociedad scored that free kick, or no, before that, uh, who was it that scored for Real Sociedad the first goal? Either way, the 3-0, when they were up 3-0, they, they looked great. They looked dominant. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great performance. And then obviously by the end of it, it's like maybe not as encouraging. But but either way, I, I would have said that Barcelona looked better than Real Madrid this weekend overall, if you ask me. So how did you feel watching Barcelona play? You must have been happy. You feel good. Memphis looks great. Talk us through that. Yeah, yeah. Just quickly, the um, Lobete is the one that scored for Real Sociedad. He uh, it was actually making his debut for the team. He's a guy that grew up uh, or came up in the Real Sociedad ranks and made his debut and scored, 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 scored on his uh, what was it like his first touch as well. So um, good little side story for him. What did I think? I thought that Barça played the first half, the first forty-five minutes leaking also into over into the second half those initial like say five minutes i thought we're really good we're really positive um great pressing great attitude uh, they were very um you know uh, very eager i think to perform in front of the home crowd with fans and show off their talent and show there's that there's life after messi let's not forget this was the first official match competitive match where barca you know post messi like a messiless barca so where barca had to really prove themselves i think in front of the fans that have been enduring so much uh, as well as other fans with the pandemic obviously included, but then all the other, the, the, the extra drama that has come with this time. To then play again in front of the home crowd, obviously, you know, we saw in the preseason already that fans, when, when they were came to, to the young Grafe study, were starting to pick their battles with certain players, um, you know, Umtiti being the target. Jordi Alba has been the target quite heavily, as well as uh, Sergi Roberto, for that matter. Um, not less Sergio Busquets, less so. Maybe interesting to mention that he's the new team captain as well. Um, so for this team to really come out guns blazing, and I think, yeah, play a very good perform or, or, or play a very good opening half, I thought it was very positive, very exciting to see. Uh, it did, you know, make everything uh, sort of feel a little bit just less heavy and, and more optimistic towards the future. Let's not forget that Barca are still missing Ansu Fati. Uh, Pedri, or, you know, players that we have on a bench. I mean, Pedri, give Pedri a break. That, that, that's, I'm now moving into the second half, I think, where I wish certain changes was, were made. Um, some, some materialized, some others didn't. You know, Nico Gonzalez got his debut, obviously, but his, his changes were man for man, position for position, where, you know, I felt we didn't have to suffer again. We, we saw the Kumon of old, uh, the Kumon of old come into play when uh, we were put up against the ropes with Noyar Zabal who was, you know, doing what he does. Uh, such a skillful, skillful player. That free kick was magnificent. But even before he had a, a dribble uh, inside the Barca box, shot that got blocked. Uh, but, you know, you already start seeing signs of the danger that was coming for this Real Sociedad side. That, that in all honesty, I mean, I was expecting more from him as well. Um, you know, I don't know if it was due to credit for Barca or also a little bit of disappointment from, from Real Sociedad. You know, last season, <clears throat> were the team of the season, in the, in the first half, rather, or up there, let's say, with with the permission, obviously, of Atletico de Madrid. But we played good football under Imanol Aguacil and... 
uh, you would expect you were expecting more from at the end um and and they delivered that but it, it came late and obviously Barca had to suffer i think necessarily uh you know that especially the memphis the long for memphis sub was kind of like ah you know that's not really what us coolers want to see and pedri playing so many minutes man you know give the gabbies give the pooches some minutes but give Pedri a little bit of a rest especially when it's uh three nil already um you know after like what was it an hour literally right i mean braithwaite scoring a braith braithwaite braithwaite Fantastic game from uh, the Dane as well. Makes you wonder whether Barca really need a number nine like Kuman has been asking for, whether you know he cannot fulfill the job, seeing that we still have, again, Ansu Dembele coming back. We have Reymanai as well, who's there, just there, uh, the top score of the preseason. Um, Memphis super positive, man. I'm, you know, I'm hoping that Madridistas uh, are taking note because um, he's a very, he's, I, I, you know, there was somewhere I saw, and this is obviously a stretch, and it's one of those classic uh, headlines that you can Spanish newspapers, but it was Leo Memphis. It was Leo Memphis. And uh, that's obviously, you know, we're, no, we're not doing any justice uh, uh, to neither or any uh, favors neither in the case of Memphis by calling him Leo Memphis. But he's, he's exciting, man. I like what I see from him for sure. Great in assists already, like after 30 seconds, providing that assist to or near assist, let's say, to, to uh, Martin. Right. And great plays, you know, great link up plays, great vision, eyes in the back of his head, great, you know, just, just, and obviously a scorer and, and, and a facilitator, you know, providing PK. That was a great PK header, but it was all in that pass, you know, that pass was a beauty. Uh, so yeah, exciting, good, still a lot of work to be done. Let's see also if we, 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 we get some more rotations going, I would say in general, uh, as for how Maji. Uh, unless you want to jump in here. Sorry, I don't want to. Just that I was also really impressed with Memphis, and that was the first time I've okay. seen him play for Barcelona. I didn't watch any All right. of the preseason games. I didn't okay. watch any of the preseason games. I had heard a lot about him, and I saw the highlights, but I, I was really impressed with him. And again, it started right with that, when you said, like, after 30 seconds or whatever, the pass to Braithwaite, he was involved. He was Barcelona's, I guess, I, I don't know if I want to say confidently best offensive player because Braithwaite was really good. Um, yeah. but he was certainly probably the main, like the main, the main creator, the mo- main focal point because Griezmann was good, but he wasn't as influential and Griezmann actually did a lot of good things defensively, but, um, Memphis does, was yeah. the guy. Um, uh, I want, I, I guess I'll say like Barcelona's performance was really good. And again, mostly like obviously up until three nil, um, I was shocked at how bad Real Sociedad was. With the team mm. that they have, with the talent that they have, yeah. yeah, with the coach that they have, who's such a great coach, tactical mind. Um, I guess they were trying to be cautious in this, um, but they they didn't have any of their defensive lines covered. Um, they didn't have any of the key zones covered. So at times, they would try this man-to-man high press, which wasn't bad, but also they, they made themselves so vulnerable defensively, and their transition offense was bad. They just couldn't pass. Like, um, anytime like Porto had a break, like even a glimmer of hope, it was game over. Like, cause like eight Barca players would just swarm him and catch up to him, and he had nowhere to go, and he was by himself. Um, well, that's what, that was, that's what, why I liked it. That was such a positive sign for me. And we didn't see that long enough, Keon. We didn't see that attitude in the second half. And that's why it allowed then our, the op- opponents, Barca's opponents, to get back in it. You know, and, and that's, the, that's the exciting thing about seeing a Messi-less Barca is that now everybody has to be committed for this you know, high press, for the full press. Yeah. So it was just... And, and I don't want to take anything away from Barcelona by saying that because part of the reason we also see that played the way they did was because of Barcelona imposing their will. So um, it just, it, it looked good. It was a good opening weekend for Barcelona, apart from <laughs> the, the, the couple goals that we also said that scored in the second half, but they were always, obviously Barcelona saw it out. So, um, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if Real Sociedad has done what they've done in their preseason. You know, I don't know if this is their first game since saying goodbye in La Liga when we finished the end of May. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, it felt like, you know, Barca were coming in fitter, like like you said, just more tenacious. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I didn't really I'm happy realize. that you were. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I didn't. No, really... I was just saying. Go ahead. I bet. 
like uh, I'm happy that you your judgment tells you that Barca played say collectively better or impressed you more than what you saw from Real Madrid because when I saw the score it felt like Real Madrid won La Liga it was like I mean there was this this euphoria of how they played and you know went beating Alaves four one and you know it was like Mbappé Mba who Mba what who needs Mbappé Look at this team. We're fucking doing this. So it was like Hazard is back and, you know, Benzi doing his thing better than ever, of course. Um, so, yeah, I was just very curious to, to know your thoughts on that. That's why I'm surprised that you say, yeah, for you, Barca played better as a whole. By the way, on that note of Mbappe, who uh, it took, I, I don't think you watch the same feeds as we do, obviously, but, uh, you know, the ESPN feed over here. 59th minute when Braithwaite, I think, scores the third goal, uh, the commentator says, Leo who? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it took us one hour into the league to get that line. Leo who? Um, nice. And also, Mbappe, who reportedly met uh, muchos tic-tacs in the past 24 hours, he's he's uh, forcing his way out today, is the report. He's meeting with Al Khalifi. He's like, I don't want to wait till next year. Get me out now. We'll see how that goes. Um, we'll cross that bridge. When I we have get been there. reading that. Yeah. Um, you, either that or you're actively Let's fucking avoiding hope it. Not. You're actively avoiding it. Let's fucking hope not. That's see that I'm saving my lungs for that podcast for that oh emergency God. Mbappe churros where it's like, I'm going to be just, Oh, you'd give priority that. to churros. Oh yeah. Dude. Wow. I'm going to, no, you'd I'm be all Well, we'll do both. Um, <laughs> uh, Real Madrid. Here's how the story went for me. Okay. Uh, so like from if we're talking about like starting the league with a bang, like imposing your will, Barcelona did that way better than Real Madrid did this weekend. Um, I now it's more complicated than that. I, I think Alaves played a really good game against us. I want to give them a lot of credit. They were good defensively. They were really good at exploiting exploiting the space between Alaba and Lucas Vasquez. Um, Rioja was awesome. Alaves have a good team and. Uh, so and, and I don't even think we actually played badly. Actually, I actually thought our passing was pretty good. Our movement was decent. Hazard looked pretty good. Bale looked pretty good. He was active. He was involved. He was finding space. He was shooting from distance. He was taking players on. That was encouraging. Um, and Alaba fit like a glove, generally speaking. He, he seamless fit. He, he feels like you know he's been playing with us for five years. So all that stuff was good. And uh, Ancelotti, like the second half, we just ripped him apart, right? This, and what happened in the second yeah. half was that, and Ancelotti uh, explained this really well in the post-game press conference, where he basically, he, he was talking about how, like, Rambo had more intensity in the second half. And he said something, or, or he was pressed on about this, and he said, like, what, what changed the second half? And he basically said, when Karim Benzema scored the first goal, Alavez just gave us more space. And that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And that's something we discussed okay. a lot about in the Energy Major post-game podcast. We were kind of shocked at how easily Alaves just stopped playing football, especially after the two nil, they just stopped uh, defending. They were like, by the time Fede burst through and set up the third goal, I think it was, they weren't defending him on Vinicius. His, and when Vinicius came on, he was taking players on and he found his goal. Forget about it. They weren't defending him at all. So they just kind of fell apart after we opened the scoring and um, it was encouraging. I, I, I like what I saw. So uh, I'm, I'll be cautiously optimistic and, and just kind of analyze each game for, for the way it is without really getting ahead of myself or getting down on myself too much as the season progresses. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, it'd, be interesting to, yeah. it'd be interesting to hear what Callej would have or had to say about that. I don't know if in the post-match anybody asked him that question because by the sound of it, uh, what Angelotti is doing is giving more credit, let's say, to Calleja for being g playing more of a gung ho stuff, basically forgetting about his 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 uh, defense and instead focusing on um, of getting back into it and therefore allowing the the spaces. So what Calleja said after the game was that um, he was basically proud of his team, but he he also said we're going to takes we're going to learn stuff from this game what we're going to do is we're going to learn from our first half performance and see what all the things we did wrong in the second half and put that learning together and move forward and, and be optimistic about the season and, and i think he was 
he he also said in this post game press conference um, that there were moments in the game where he felt that they were superior to Real Madrid, uh, but they were moments in that they you know the second half they they did a lot of things wrong, and um, so that's kind of the gist of it. And I didn't I didn't watch Kayeha's press conference. I read the quotes, so I'm, okay. I'm sure I missed some stuff with what he said. So I don't know exactly, but um, that those were some of the those were some of the things he said. Um, why? Why didn't? Um, sorry, Keon. I don't he also ask made you. The reason stuff, I have so many questions. Yeah, ask away. Sorry, you said say it again. I said he also made positive subs. Like he brought on when it was two. Okay, well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. How yeah. come Lucas Perez didn't play? Yeah, I mean, this was something with him last year too. Like Lucas Perez just kind of found himself out of the rotation for whatever reason. Um, and um, I'm, I guess, I'm surprised he didn't at least come off the bench. Now, Jose Lu. Yeah. Who was the striker in this game? He uh, he gave us a lot of problems, and one of the he had a good game. He had a good game, and one that of that penalty he took. Like I want all my players to take penalties like that, just with conviction. That is always going to go in. Bottom corner, fucking strong as hell. Um, yeah, he he gave us problems, and here's an interesting thing, and and uh, what something we. I noticed after the game was that, and something we've talked about, like after you lose Ramos and Baran, how much you're going to suffer aerially. None of the defense, none of the defenders had a single aerial duel, which they won. Jose Lu had seven and Alavez went to the flanks. And then, so like, basically if you want to take a scouting report after this game on how to beat Real Madrid this season, it's, and this is obviously based on the most limited sample size ever, but they'll leave space behind their fullbacks they're going to push up the field and they're going to be not as good as they were defending crosses that are coming in because they don't have Ramos and Baran in, in, in there to defend off things. Now, Militao is, is pretty good in the air and Nacho is decent given his height. He fights and he had Nacho was awesome by the Nacho was Nacho had an awesome game. Um, but uh, they gave us problems. Jose Lu did, Jose Lu did as well in the air. Um, in conjunction with it's the interesting as well because it all the substitutions came from the um, the midfield upwards right you know, like from the Alavés no, perspective yeah from Calleja Calleja def- uh, substituted none of his defenders despite the beating that they were receiving in the second half well yeah and that and that's what i mean by he made positive subs too so mm. at 2-0 he also reacted like while his teams Alaves looked dejected at 2-0. Their body language was bad. They looked defeated. He made two subs instantly, Baron Godetti, and I can't remember the other one. Um, I don't have it open right now, but uh, he, the Godetti sub was good. And I wonder Lucas, if Lucas Perez would have been a better choice there because Godetti, the first touch he had, he found himself almost on a breakaway, but couldn't get there in time. And Nacho came over and, and got there first. And there was another situation where he's wide open in the box and, and shoots right at Courtois. And I wonder how Lucas Perez would have done in that situation. So Goretti got in good spots, but he's not as technically gifted as Lucas Perez to maybe do something in those positions. So I wonder, I wonder if that would have made a difference. We've got to hear Indiaye, Mamadou, came on with uh, Gadetti. Yeah, that's the one. Um, so I was... I was encouraged. I liked it. Were you? Were it. you? Did you feel that it was uh, disproportionate? The uh, euphoria that was surrounding this win. I don't, I don't know. think I'm exaggerating here. I don't know because I don't. I didn't see any euphoria. But it was like also- a taconazo. Like I saw headline taconazo de hazard. I was like, oh god. Again, I mind you. I, I I think it's clear, right? I saw the highlights, didn't watch the entire game. So yeah. there's elements that I've, got, uh, I've missed here. But reading a headline, I was like, what happened now? Oh, boy. Um, which what is the, What was the taconazo of Hazard? Because that one Hazard, went missing. So Hazard is famous for his flicks, right? And Hazard's flicks are like usually hit or miss. And it's like he does them on every chance he, get, he gets. Mm-hmm. If the ball is coming to him and he's doing a hold-up sequence, instead of just shielding the ball, what he'll he loves to do is just flick it and that flick if it finds a teammate it looks spectacular and other times it just doesn't he did one in the box where vasquez crosses at him in the box low cross and he does that flick just behind him um that's the taconazo 
and it finds Benzema. So it became an assist. So it was beautiful to watch. So it, I saw that. But, and, yeah. Okay, okay. All That's right. definitely All right. the one they're referring to. So I need to uh, mm. look, I, I have this thing, Diego, where like, especially during a game and I just don't check anything. I just look, I don't check what people are saying. I guess I, I analyze, I read um, my notes over and over again. And then we do the podcast and I watch, I watch some film and that's it. So I don't, I'm kind of sometimes oblivious to what people are saying. So if people are overreacting to the performance. That's, I, that's kind of funny, I guess. I, um, they were, they were good it's it is what it is it's, it means it doesn't mean too much right now now somebody tweeted from the churrosi tacticus account don't let this real Madrid get mbappe because that would be dangerous so we'll see whoever tweeted that if they get their wish or not but which yeah we'll, we'll see was it the three nil the two nil because i'm not seeing any taconathos uh, you gotta make me pull this up so one nil was um one nil was benzema goal Two yeah. nil was I think Nacho's goal. Wait, maybe... Nacho's this the stump he stumbled it in. No, sorry, that's the three nil. That's Benzema's third goal. There's the cro- Modric cross with Nacho. That was a good goal. The Modric uh, crossing. Yeah, with that Nacho. was a really nice goal. Great yeah. reach from Nacho. Um, so the it was really good. And then the, the hazard the passing. Yeah, the hazard flick was actually the first goal. It was Benzema's opening goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see. That. So that was okay. the one nil. Um, that that play was funny too because there was like leading up to it, there was so many misplaced passes and interceptions and Real just build up, and then finally Bale switches it to Vasquez. Vasquez gets it to Hazard. Hazard does the flick. Benzema scores. But the flick, it looks like a miss kick. Now uh, here we go. Here we go. You know, if this was Memphis doing that, oh uh, okay, I got it. I got it. Sorry, I see it now. Yeah, no, clearly. Okay, yeah, Takonato. Yeah, Toma yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Beauty, beauty. I, I, I missed that. Honestly, I missed that. Uh, the whole time I thought that was a miskick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I was I, I didn't realize that Barcelona's uh, schedule was actually is actually really tough for the first few games. <laughs> yeah, it is right. Yeah. I, I mean. Uh, uh, well, look, Real Sociedad was supposed to be really difficult too, especially like everyone, the pregame analysis was all wounded Barcelona, Real Sociedad, perfect time to pounce yeah. and all this stuff. And they just exactly. couldn't. But San Messi's way is, is always going to be difficult, even if Messi is there. So that's uh, that's a tough one. Um, and that's your next game, obviously. Exactly. Um, then, when, then it's, sorry, go on. Yeah, Getafe, I mean. And then Sevilla. Getafe, Sevilla, yeah. Getafe, Obviously, are not once they were what they were at their peak under Borderlast, but they will just probably kick the shit out of you guys and and make it and and grind it out, grind out. Uh, even if it's a loss, they'll, they'll grind. They'll grind themselves out. They'll grind you, as well. Um, it's a tough, tough month. Yeah, and then, then and then Sevilla. So, um, Atleti things. This became this was a huge talking point. <laughs> the whole handball. With Marco Sirente. And this is, uh-huh. I don't know how I know all this, but PK, I, I, PK's talked about it on Twitch too. I don't know how I'm ending up on PK's Twitch and stuff, but. Because it was the, the, the talk in town. Yeah. It's the news everywhere. So that's a new, that President PK, man, has got his PR down. And he even got money to into Twitch. Um, yeah, so and, and he's tw- and he's twitching with a Madridista, with the most renowned Madridistas. Ibai, Ibai guy. Is a, yeah, he's a Madridista. Yeah, I don't really know. I I don't know. Like, one of my friends. You don't know him. He's yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah. He's, one of my he's friends, a cultural phenomenon almost in Spain. Right. Basically. Um, yeah. he plays video games. Is that what he does? He's a commentator. For commentator. he's an influence. That's how he became. He rose to, uh, um, to them through his ability to commentate esports games mainly like fifa i think it was then it crossed over to other esports and you know the twitch channel and uh that 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 was his bread and butter that was his so thing. he's maridista yeah so he so him and pk do that together no he just he, he just seems to be talking. He's he's like best buds with Kun Agüero. They're like this. I mean, Kun is taking him everywhere. Kun took him to Messi's house for his goodbye dinner and shit. Um, he lives in Barcelona. The guy actually. So, uh, but yeah, he he lives in Eto's house or what used to be his house. 
that's how good this guy's doing. He's probably raking it in, right? I mean, oh, like he's, he's he's a millionaire. He made so much money. People like that, like even like there are people like even in my neighborhood, just kids. Like I don't even know how famous they are. I just know that like literally high school kids are just making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like just from this video game Twitch stuff, and I know nothing about it. Just yeah, crazy opportunities very ignorant. for for our generation or our parents' generation. But hey, man, it's not too late. I just I'm not good at video games, and I probably will never get into it. But um, good for those guys. Uh, where was I going with this? I guess Atletico and stuff. Um, this is a pretty solid, solid. The VAR. So sorry. Oh, yeah, the 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 handball. Um, yeah. I don't know what to to really discuss about it just that it was not a good call um <laughs> and uh well it's all changed now right it's uh voluntary voluntary ha- or involuntary handballs are no longer called penalties my, my i'm losing my mind because i i feel like i remember i think it was on this podcast we literally read through the new rules together this was like a few weeks ago, and I already forgot what those rules were. Well, the the rule now is no handball. No so handball invol- is involuntary. Involuntary. Yeah. So now, like- no matter what, it's still going to be difficult because then you have to talk about. The, now you have to interpret what was voluntary and what was not, and stuff like that. But, yes. Um, Correct. There's still just a general there. point about yeah, not necessarily yeah. this case, but um, I will say about Atletico. Um, mostly I'm talking about the football side things now. Um, this was a good win for them, and um, it was also a good game for La Liga to open with. Not mm. not open; it wasn't the first game, but it was a it was just a good La Liga game and a classic Atletico game where they can grind it out and get contributions from Correa and and also and just scores a goal. <laughs> yeah, and, and Aspas scores, and like I I really liked. The performance of Kondogbia on midfield. I just want to say that I, it was really. He was impressed. excellent. I was impressed with From him. From what I so, saw, he was great. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. And I, you know, I, I'm curious to see how this team evolves, how they'll incorporate Rodrigo de Paul, who obviously came off the bench. Once Suarez gets healthy, he, you know, he he still he didn't start this game because he was from extend the extended vacation and stuff like that. So um, he wasn't quite ready to start. But this is a you know, this is what we want, right? We want all the big teams winning. We want a, we want a title race. Yeah. Well, I, I think game. it was a good, it was a great start for the league. I think opening weekend for for the big teams involved. The fact that um, you know Atletico, Madrid, Barça, um, and Sevilla. I'm blanking on Sevilla now. Yep. They won. Yes, they did. Right. Nothing. Yep. Um. Is really positive news to get, uh, you know, already uh, this tension and then, you know, you can't slip up any points uh, to get the tension going. Um, what was surprising for me, and again, this was a game where I, I had to uh, satisfy myself or do, make do, let's say, with the hi- highlights, satisfy myself with the highlights. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, that sounds disgusting. I was not satisfying myself I've heard during worse. the highlights. But what I meant was it was make do with the highlights. Um, and sees uh, Luis Suarez coming off from the bench. So you know, two goals scored by Correa, yes, uh, but but Carrasco obviously starting. Um, uh, no sé. Over Luis Suarez, even Trippier uh, coming off of the bench. So I don't know if Diego Simeone is sort of you know easing his players their way in there. Uh, if some had longer preseasons than others, but uh, that was I thought noteworthy. Yeah, well, so Carrasco playing in that role is not his strength, and I, and I no. think Suarez would have started. I think if he had a a a, a preseason, like because he he was one of the ones arriving late. Came late, of course. Yeah. Yes. So I he'll start once the season gets going. The other thing I don't love about this update maybe less, maybe maybe less. Um, now Marcos Llorente is playing right wing back at Atlético, or at least he did in this game, and. Uh, it's not his role. It's not stop stop doing that. I don't. I'm gonna make a petition like not so, let's not make this a thing where Marcos Llorente is just gonna be right back now because Luis Lucho, Lucho did it at the Euros and now everyone thinks he's a right back. 
he's better just higher up the pitch. Get him higher up the pitch. Don't like this role. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, again, to be fair, like, and you mentioned Trippier too, Trippier would have played that role and Suarez probably would have started up top and maybe Carrasco would have taken that left wing back position in which Saul played on the weekend against, against Celta. So probably like when those players start, you'll see it. You'll see it. Diff- you'll see it differently. Um, I was watching uh, Betis Mallorca on Saturday, I think it was. And this player, Rodri, caught my eye from Real Betis. First time I can, I remember seeing him play. I don't know if I saw him last season at all. But um, 21-year-old kid, really good technically gifted player, kind of like that Odegaard slash Kubo playing style where he's left-footed, he plays on the right, he turns quickly, he's a good dribbler, he's a good vertical passer. He's really weak on the ball. He needs to improve on that. But that him and Canales linked up well together with uh, against Mallorca. And I thought it. I actually thought it looked pretty good. And so I, Rodri, I just want to say Rodri is a player I want to keep my eye on. And uh, if listeners are interested in what, when they watch Real, but just keep your eye on him too. I, I like. I liked his game. Real Betis still need. This was. They also had a classic Real Betis game with a lot of possession and, and not much incisiveness and really bad defensively. So I probably expect more of, of that from Real Betis this season, but just an observation on them. And and they need kind of more of a box-to-box presence in midfield. They have a lot of good technically gifted players who kind of play the same role. It's kind of like the Messi-Griezmann syndrome at Barca. But um, yeah, those are my random thoughts on, on, on Betis. Did you have anything else before I wrap it up? I did not, my friend. All right. In fact, uh, I have to make a run for it. All right, make a run for it. We'll see everyone else on Friday, patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. Diego and I will be back over there for, as always, the more raw version, the more undercooked, and the more um, the more inappropriate jokes and the more inside information from Diego. So thanks, guys. Thank you, Diego. <laughs> Enjoy the churros. Thanks. Take care. Peace. Peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.